Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Two Naris podcast. My name is Timmy and this is my co-host James. And today we have a special guest, Shane Sullivan. He's a PT tra- trainer um, in Holly Hill. Um, he has his own gym. And Shane is going to talk about how um, training and diet and everything else helped him to get over some mental health issues that he may have had in his life. So before we say any more, I'm going to introduce you to Shane Salt. Good man. Welcome to Churchfield Green, Shane. <laughs> how are you getting on, lads? Uh, thanks for having me on anyway. No, I'm delighted. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, like, we know you well. We yeah. know you well. No, you'll be a friend of ours. Um but for people that's watching and listening that don't know if madam, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so my own name is Shane O'Sullivan. Um, I grew up in Courtown Drive in Achnini, as, as you'd know. Um, I have, I suppose, I, I have two brothers and a sister, and I have half-brothers and half-sisters, but I'm not going to go into too much detail because we, we could get a few podcasts out of that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my mother reared us on her own growing up. There's me and my two brothers, Pan and Stephen, and... Uh, my sister Elaine. So and we all went to school in terms of Max Sweeney. Yeah. Um I suppose that's where I got into the gym. As a student doing P which that's the gym now that I'm actually after taking over. Mm. Um which is a bit mad, like do you know when I think about it? Yeah. Uh and do you know when you were in school, were you good at school or did you just like to do the active stuff or where was the the academic stuff, yeah? Um I liked the academic stuff. I wasn't very intelligent, but I was always hard working. Mm. You know, uh, I was never going to get enough points to get into the, do the courses that I wanted. So it was always going to be a kind of the longer road. Yeah, for me, sounds uh, like you were more practically based. So you probably yeah. like working with your hands, or you know, it sounds like pretty much something like myself. Yeah, like that. No, when I was a teenager, I kind of wanted to be a carpenter or work with metal or. Oh, I was always into the fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I was never going to be someone to go out and be a genius, like in go into science or be a doctor or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Although I thought about a few, I suppose you would have a thousand different choices when you're that age. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always coming back to fitness. You know, so I was ac- I was actually a butcher from the age of fifteen. I'm, I'm actually a qualified butcher as well. Very good. So between being a butcher, doing security. Uh, a paper buy from the age of 14, working in the off license. I may have to go through a thousand things, but it just kept creeping back into fitness. Yeah. Um, so you were always sensible, so you were always kind of chipping away at the old work. Yeah, I was always work- like I'm, I was always working, I was always a hard worker, but oh, I was busy. Mm. I suppose I was a busy fool more than anything else. I, m- I made all the mistakes you can make, yeah. uh, chopping and changing with jobs. Um, and for ten in two thousand eight, I went to Stefanefa through sports studies, and I finished that. But as soon as I finished it, I got offered a full time job. I was in construction. I was labouring and stuff. The money was good. Then I got distracted um, by other jobs and getting into that comfort zone. We're like, all right, I have a job. It's paying the bills. But I was never happy, do you know. So yeah. um, around that time, Shane, in your life, uh, we was we having any struggles with with mental health or or with addiction, uh, or any of those sort of things? Yeah, for me, mental health was always creeping in. Like, it's not... It's mad because it's just like it's grown up in a house where you just have one parent. It's a lot harder. It's like, it's, it's, it, to me, it's a bit weird up around there. It's like it should be acceptable because it's normal. Mm. We all... You should be used to a tough shit and get on, but... 
Like, that's, that's it's not that easy. And some fellas put on that face that, like, so what, tough shit, we'll get on with it. Mm. You know? but that's not normal, you know that. It's not normal, yeah. I know that. But I know that's that. the way it was up there. Oh, I know it, it Like, we all, we all grew up in the same kind of, envi- yeah. similar environments, not the same. Um, but for me, there was, I, I, I used to bottle a lot of things up. And I would, I would have gotten severely depressed a few times, especially around the age of 18. Up until 23, 24. I could have went either way, I know. But you know, like, just on that point, no. You know, when you're 14, 15, 16, and you think you could go either way, but you started working. Yeah. With me and Timmy, as that is, we started going down the other route. Yeah. You know, what do you think What do you think helped you kind of stay on the working route and stay on the path? Is there anybody that maybe done an intervention or was any youth club or teacher or... What, what do you think? Because, like, we done a survey a few weeks ago. We asked people, you know, who would they like to have on the podcast. Yeah. And they said, look, have somebody on from the area that maybe didn't go down the drugs and crime route and that's doing well today and kind of ask them why didn't they go down the drugs route. And they, so what do you think helped you? For me, it was a few things. There were, there were people that definitely helped me and influenced me. But for me, it was grow, growing up, where there was a small, like my mother worked hard for all of us. She done the best she could, like, she, and do you know what? It's only when you get older and you've your own children, you realise how much people are out the room for you. But it's when there's that bit of struggle there. I always had that in my head that I'm going to make sure that I'm going to change this for me and my family going forward. But I suppose the people that influenced me would have been when I was eight or nine years of age, I joined up at Ogre Kirky for Oiga. And, um, uh, there was a few there was a few leaders in that group. John Kennedy actually been one of them. He passed away recently. So John would have been that fella, I think. He played a big factor in my life. Um just kinda of guided me and pulling me aside. He uh, just putting his arm around me whenever I needed it. He could see it when no one else could, you know that kind of um That's so. that's someone like that is needed for every yeah. young person really um that's going through any form of struggle in their life yeah. whether it be at home or school yeah i think the influence of someone like that has so many benefactors down the line yeah but he, even i don't I, i'm just one person know that this man has helped you know, anyone who, who knows him would tell it the way he was he sacrificed his own time for others um yeah and he actually only died in the last couple of weeks yeah so he died recently he was at his funeral yeah. you know it was a uh, it was shocking news. And it, it, it kind of hurt me, even now speaking about it. Mm. And as I said, the older you get, you, you get, the more you appreciate these mm. people. To, like to him, that might have been just a small thing. I was another fill in that group. It was a tiny thing, but to me it was huge. And if you, you know? see, like, do you know when he died, um, the funeral, I was at a guard of honour in Anglesey Street, you know, outside City Hall. Yeah. Crowds of people, ovation, he got uh, going, driving past in the horse, you know. Just make you think, like, you no, know, when you pass away, people don't care about the job you had or the amount of money you made or the possessions you had. Yeah. People only remember you for how you treated your fellow. Yeah, it's a being. fact. It's a fact. Um, and a lot of the work that John done was voluntary. Like, mm. it's not like he was in a, like, I, I don't know what the man was earning, but it's not like he was one of these fellas with loads of money driving fancy cars. And, and he gave 30 years to Cork City as well. Yeah, like he... um Football club. Yeah. He'd done the same thing with Cork City. But, um, but he had a big impact on you? Huge. John, Rose, Maeve, Merton. Um, they're all, like, a lot of people locally would know all them. So, uh, yeah, and we had a nice tight group down there. There was a few lads and a few girls down there. And we all stuck together. They looked out for all of us. But, um, yeah, like that definitely, those groups meeting up three or four times a week, going away in the summer to bring us down to West Cork, down to Skull Sailing. Used to bring us to Garrettstone. Um, we'd have different events. We get involved in the parade every year. Mm. So just just to have a good environment or somewhere that you can just step out of what was going on at home and just have that couple of hours. That that few hours was just yeah. could be the yeah. best thing ever. Yeah, mm. it's, it's very important. Um, it shows the importance of youth work. It shows, it? it shows the importance of youth work. Yeah, and just having that um, influence was or that one person and the feeling that I got off that and how he helped me. And how I felt after it, I felt brilliant. And I was like, maybe what if I could do something like this? What if I could be that one person that influences someone or helps them or motivates them? Mm. Um, so 
I, I was always thinking it like when I got older, it was like between doing social work, personal training, and then there was a few other things floating around in my head. Like when you're young, you yeah. there's too many options, mm. or, or sometimes there's not enough because you actually yeah. it's like. It sounds like you had a good awareness even at your young age. Yeah. I did, like, you know, I, um, you know, I try didn't know what you wanted to do in life, you know. Yeah, this, I, all I knew, all I knew for sure that I just wanted better. I'm grateful for everything I have, but I just wanted better for my family and for me than what I had. Yeah. You're always going to want better, like. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Or, no, no, speaking honestly, that's all. Yeah, so... Um, and the same, like, I have two beautiful daughters, and, I was there, and I'm going to make sure that they're not going to be short of anything, and they're, they're going to have everything they need. Yeah. Uh, and just the, even for the two girls to see me when I go to my gym, just to leave them come over in the morning, to leave them see me open in the gym, what do you do? Leave them train away, mess around. Even see, see me doing a bit of work with the books at home, which is something I'm brutal at, you know, just trying to yeah. um, do all the paperwork for clients and all this stuff. I'll get better at that as well. But um, just, just so they can see how I work, and, and you know they can see the graft and the work ethic, yeah. And hopefully they can take that and think, all right, I can do this maybe in a different industry or whatever. Mm. Just just to give them that, you know, monkey see monkey do I suppose in a way. Yeah, yeah, that's a very very good point what you made there, Shad. Because even in my own situation with me going to college yeah. you know, and my kids being young and them looking at me going to college every day for it's six brilliant. years yeah. in their lives now they expect the exact same so when they leave school in leaving cert the next step for them is college yeah that, like my mother I remember my mother just hoping that one of us could just yeah do a leaving cert and none of us did in the end like but yeah, yeah. you know for me to see something like that in my own house um, and know and the kids talking about college where they're going to go no they're young but just to be able to talk like that it's, it's the same thing it's, it's unbelievable you're yeah. passing around yeah. to your kids right? and, and you know the way the impact you're having on your children now about showing them a, a work ethic and you, you could be your own boss and yeah. grow your business from scratch and Timmy then you know with going through university and getting his degree and everything I'd be thinking there, you know, I've no kids, like, but I wonder do my dogs look at me and imagine that going to Crofts or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure about that one anyway. Uh, Jesus Christ, James, boy, he's a walk in. Do you know why I think I'll go to Crofts next year? I'll go to Crofts. <laughs> Your dogs are too mad, but they wouldn't be left in the Crofts. <laughs> you know, uh, anything with the name Leonard after that. Be lucky you don't to get to the back park in Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Ah, oh, stop. But yeah, but you know in your in your teenage years then were you ever involved in any sports clubs yeah or yeah, soccer yeah like I ever... played I played a lot of soccer with New Farm I would have been with Killerine. I would have been involved with Vincent for a while GA was never my my favourite sport but um, yeah I, I played a lot of soccer I suppose but I have a hip in, I have a hip injury since the age of 16 or 17 where I have an imbalance and it just causes horrible pain but I kept playing and playing but I'm grateful for it in a way because it just pushed me more towards the gym training, um, which is what I do now and I love it. So, like, even though that's a horrible thing to have, it pushed me more in this direction. Um, when all the lads were out playing soccer, I was down the gym like pumping iron. Yeah. Do you know? Um, and you know when you and were it, was, it was a, it was a release for me. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the important thing of going to the gym for me yeah. as well. Is yeah, you want to feel good and you want to look good, but it's the release, did it relieve all that tension and aggression yeah. and yeah. pent up anger that you might have? Yeah. You know, when you were going through Stefan Afa, yeah, um, how was it? Like, because like, we've been students as well. How was it financially? Was it tough? Yeah, and um, Stefan Afa, Stefan Afa is probably one of the cheaper and the easier colleges to get into. To be honest, when I applied for Stefan Afa, they refused me because there wasn't enough spaces. And Sheila Buckley, she was working in uh, Terence McSweeney, a teacher, I'm not sure if she's still there. Um, and Mrs. Ryan, the principal, they asked me how did I get on, did I get in and did I get a place, and I didn't. So in fairness, they said, look, I'll leave it with us. Um, a day after I got a phone call, went out for the interview. Um, it was actually my first ever interview, I'm sure. And I went out and they were asking me, like, are you any good at swimming and... How many laps can you do? So I, I probably told him a thousand. Like, I couldn't do two at the time, I'd say. Um, so, there, so I went out, done the interview, and 
got out to Stefan AFA, I was brilliant out there, but that would have been one of the more affordable ones. But even at that stage, at the end of the second year, even though I was wor- I was working part-time, I actually used to walk out from Courtham Drive out to Stefan Nathan tomorrow and walk home. But at the end of the second year, I didn't even have the money for to collect my sorts. I just didn't have it. I thought I, they were there waiting for me, but it actually took me a few months to get them, mm. maybe even a year. Uh, what age were you then? Um, I would have been around 20, I'd say. Mm. Just old as you weren't long old school, so Yeah, say. yeah. Do you know what it shows? really important point like you didn't you, you'd walk from Knocknahini to Tremor Road it's not a short distance you're about 6 or 7k out and back I'd say yeah. more you didn't have the money for the bus yeah you gradu- 40, 50 minute walk over mm-hmm. and back yeah when you didn't and it was raining most of the time yeah, like, yeah. when you didn't you, when you graduated you didn't even have the money to get the sort but you know what you still done it and you still got your qualification it's yeah. first credit shoot yeah there and it just shows any young person watching be using you know get rid of the excuses if you really want it you make it happen yeah um like you can't leave what what's going on in your home or around you or other people's circumstances dictators um you just need to make that choice yourself if you want something you'll get there because between and if something goes wrong and it doesn't work out the first time it doesn't mean it's gonna it's not gonna work out another time because i i went working in leisure world when i was 18 18 or 19 I think I was only there now for a short time and for me it's just my experience down there and it, nothing against it, the gym itself my experience down there sitting around and not being hands on and helping people which is what I wanted um, that wasn't happening so I got turned off it and like that I ended up getting a job on the building line and doing 100 different jobs in between doing security for 10 years doing the doors and all that standing in shops but it took me from say 2008, I started that course, 2007, 2008, and Stefanova. It took me until two years ago, the actually, or maybe three years ago, to decide, all right, I'm going to go back. I've done another course with Image Fitness just to upskill. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what? And things get, you get a bit rusty and you forget what you learned and all that. Um, so I went back to uh, Image Fitness and only opened the gym up, when was it, April last year? So, like, there was loads of doubt and depression and a thousand different things going on in between. But I got back there eventually. So I always thought, even at the age of 22, I was too late. At mm-hmm. the age of 23, I was too late. Like, I have no hope now. But there's always time where you're 30, 40, 50. If you want to do something, you can do it. Exactly. Um, but, and, and again, if you have to take the long, ra- long road around, then like, so be it. Like what we did. There yeah. was a guy in the college outside. I, I think this is important. There was a guy outside in the college, and um, he would have been a class above me. And um, this guy was sixty years of age, and he was going on to do a study, a degree in construction management. Yeah, you know, a lot of people would have thought, "What's he doing? Like, he's going to be retired in five or six years' time." Yeah. But I was so inspired watching this man work very, very, very hard just to get his degree and accomplish it, and just having a chat with him, and he'd start talking about what he's going to do with it, he's going to go out and he's going to try to get this job and that job and you know, and I used to be sitting back, no, one side of me was saying, fuck it, who's going to employ him No, yeah, at 60 yeah. years of age, like, and there's not much, but the other side of me was just saying, oh my God, like, this guy It's is, a mentality, like, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Just, it's probably just, just fulfilment and something that he yeah, achieved yeah. and something he always wanted to do. Exactly. Do you know, it's just that thing that he should have done and he never done, but... He's went yeah. fair play at the minute. It, the I, it's just going back to what you said. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. If if there's something that you really want, mm. you will get it if you work hard enough for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And stay... Like it's, it's very easy to keep doing things when times are going well. But it's when times are tough and there's obstacles in your way, you just need to... That's where you need to kind of dig in and keep going. Mm. And obviously it's important then to have good people around you as well. So... Have good people around you, but then don't let other people's opinions influence you too much either because there's so much negativity out there yeah. as well. So don't let other people get in their head in the same way. You, know? yeah, you, so have, you have to have your goal. Have your and goal. And along yeah. the way, expect bumps to come in the road yeah. and not to move off track. I was yeah. forever, and normally I was before I got myself together, 
just forever starting stuff and just dropping out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just, just dropping out. But then when I kind of got a bit mature or got my head together, I was like, you know what? I'm in this now for the long haul and I'm going to finish everything I start because my history of finishing things was not good. And once you just set the goal by and, you know, when you're going through college or you're starting a new job or you're going for jobs and you don't get the job, you, you keep trying yeah. and keep going. Yeah. The goal is always like to have a nice life, have a better quality of life and that. That's what we're all aiming for, like. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you know they say I'd rather shoot and miss than I shoot and run. And exactly. I don't know. I don't know whose words there now. But go on. Listen. Um. Right. Going back a little bit there when you started, how did training and being in the gym actually help you get over your own kind of mental health issues, Shane? Well, first, first of all, I was just going training. Because I was always into muscles and all that as a young fellow watching Van Damme now and all, the, all these fellas like, you know, probably go up to the kitchen and throw a few crazy kicks with the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, was always in, I was always into that anyway, you know, um, Rambo and all these fellas. <laughs> it's you know. me, I'd laugh and hear along to myself, like, but if, if any of my own brothers are watching, especially Thomas, like, inside my house, if we were watching wrestling, our... Uh, Van Damme, no, a Rambo, yeah, like, crowdy kid, I must have practiced that crowdy kick, do you know that crowdy kick with, what one was it, hands up in the yeah, air on yeah, one yeah, leg, yeah, yeah. I must have practiced that, practiced that, I must have been better at that kick than that, that guy who played crowdy <laughs> in the movie, like, and I swear to God, because I, I, I practiced it so many times, and <laughs> Black Bell, Timmy. Like, oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, but, uh, yeah, boy, that's brilliant. Like, I was just getting a flashback there. <laughs> we were like watching Van Dam, and we'd all go to the kitchen. Me and the two boys, we've a sister as well now, like Elaine. But um, Patrick and Stephen were out in the kitchen, missing, and Stephen could swing his leg from you know one side right. to the other in two seconds. And Pav was taller, like bigger brother. He was along getting dropped by the smaller brother, and <laughs> he kicked him straight into the Adam's apple. <laughs> Oh yeah, and you know he hit the deck, and he'd be like, "Oh, he didn't knock me down and all this." You know, it was a great crack. But um, yeah, I suppose getting back to what we ran about. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just training at first, like just, just you know, just to try to get bigger and stronger and yeah. get these muscles. But as I was getting older, when, when depression was kicking in, um, and a lot of other things, I realised the the benefits of it then. If I stopped training, my head was gone. Mm. Do you know, if I if I stayed out of the gym for too long, my head was gone and depression was kicking in. And do you know, I I'd struggled sleeping and all these things. But uh, do you know, a comment a common thing with depression as well is, and there'll be people watching this that have depression at the moment. Yeah, it's getting out of the bed in the morning. Yeah, washing yourself, going about doing basic. It's just a big ordeal to do that. Had you got that as well? Um, oh. from, like th- there was times where I didn't want to get out of the bed, or I like I could my sleep now was still bad. Like five or I I could get into bed at, at twelve o'clock and get up at five and I'd work fifteen hours. Mm. So my sleep it's getting better, but at some for years there I was sleeping two hours a night. A young fella sleeping two hours a night and they're training seven days a week. That's not normal. That's because the so, mind is racing. So, so that's how I I actually ended up going to GP years ago. Um, uh, the mind was racing, could never sleep. Oh, I was worrying, like, oh, I was anxious, you know. Um, where am I going to get the money for this? Where am I going to get the money for that? Do you know, will the kids be all right? Shit, what about in 10 years' time? Or 50, I was even thinking 20 years' time, like, how am I going to provide for them for college? It's expensive. How am I going to, you know, all, all these things, were, like, it was just non-stop. It's like living in a state of anxiety. Yeah, yeah, but that's what it was. And I went to the doctors and... I was chatting away at the doctor and he was saying, I was just, I, I thought it was just all sleep. And he was like, how long are you like that? He says, years, probably since I'm young for like, to be honest, a teenager. And he was saying, look, um, have, have you any, um, have you any, was your, was your childhood, was, was it normal upbringing? And he says, yeah, it was grand, like, it was perfect. And then he was like, and do you want to tell me a bit about it? And I says, look, I suppose I will. And, and I'll tell you what I told him. He was just asking me, so when I was about, tr- I, 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 we would have been around five or six, somewhere around that. And my mum and dad separated, he moved to England. So that's hard for any child. Of course. So I, he was gone a couple of years, then my mum met Eddie Keaton. He would have been, we used to call him dad. 
he, he know where they keep I know themselves. Yeah. Eddie yeah. would have been a friend of my dad's as well. Yeah. yeah. I know when we used to call so, off. So, uh, yeah, we all lived in the same house and we, we grew up, you know, we classed him as our dad and Eddie's family then. This is where the stepbrothers and stepsisters would come into it. We all kind of lived in under one roof. But um, he got 46, then he passed away and he died. So that was two kind of father figures that were gone mm. in our lives and in my mother's. Shortly after that, then my mum had cancer and she was sick. Thank God, no, she's all right. So, um, you know, it was stressful times for the family as well. But, um, so then your body just, your because the all, 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 I always, through all of this, I always felt like, you're waiting for something bad I, to happen, like. Yeah. yeah. You're waiting for the next yeah. bad thing to happen. But like. I took a lot of this on. Like, we're all very close, me, my brother, Pat, Stephen, and we're like, we all look after each other, you know. Um, but I took a lot of this on myself. I just felt responsible, I don't know why. I just felt like I had to help everyone, and I, I was kind of be there. And, it, 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 you know, it was no one asking me to do it. But it was a lot of pressure, and a lot of, grow, I think I had to grow up very fast. Um, can I understand that? Do you know, it's like if you grow up a bit faster than then, uh, and that's why you were saying you seem to have your head screwed on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's by choice. I don't know. Is it just like it's just your personality? Your like personality. So, some people in a situation like that, yeah, they can become a victim, and they can maybe use a lot of drugs and you know feel bad. Yeah. And other people become the the, the fixer. And your yeah. in in your family, you would have fixed it right. All right, I'm going to be grow up here now and look after people to make sure everybody, yeah. everybody's all right. And you've been in that mode since then. Yeah. I was kind of worrying about making sure everybody's okay. Yeah. Um, it's like your role within your family. like. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I think then sometimes it can nearly even become, if you do it so often, it's expected, yeah. So when you do take a step back, it's like, what the fuck is his problem? <laughs> you know, when you're not running racing. But, um, yeah, it's sometimes you have to take a step back for you your know, own. I did, for I, yourself, though. I did, I def, I definitely did. You know, there's only so much you can do to help people, and like, if you if you can't look after yourself and your own mental health isn't there, how are you supposed to help others? Um, yeah, I had that so same that same dilemma as well. You know, when I when I came into recovery first, and I I was living out in Wilton in a house a house blank in the Simon, and I stayed away from up here for a while, and I stayed away from certain people. And I was feeling like I was being disloyal and I was abandoning them. But when I'm strung out of my head up here, I'm no good to nobody. And yeah. I, I have to take my step away from that madness. And I can help them from here. But when I'm in all that, I'm no good to anybody like that. Like, yeah. you know, It's very really hard when you're stuck in the middle yeah. to, to see what's going on. Sometimes you need to step out and look in rather than be in the middle of it. You know? Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, it's... You, um, you had a lot of anxiety and, and yeah. so you went to the doctor. What was the doctor saying? So, yeah. so the do- yeah, we go back to that. Um, so the doctor was just saying, Shane, I asked you, I had your normal upbringing. You told me, yeah. <laughs> it's the furthest thing from it, is what he said. So he was like, all right, fair enough. What, what to be? Even though I felt depressed. But for me, like, I felt by opening up and actually admitting that you're depressed, it felt like a weakness, that you're weak. Yeah. And that you're soft. But when in reality it wasn't. It's a strength, isn't it? It, it? it can become a strength if you use it in the right way. Mm. Um, but that's what I'd say. If someone is feeling any, any of these symptoms, and there's a thousand other ones, what we were talking about, or if you're any bit worried, talk to someone. Open up. You're not weak. You're not soft. Because it was probably the bravest thing i ever done by actually coming out and saying it. Yeah. Do you know what? No, at the time. I, I wouldn't even tell someone, I didn't even tell people I went to the doctor that I was talking. Because they'd be saying, what were you going for? Mm. Do you know? And I, and I wouldn't even say, oh, my head is wrecked, I was depressed. Do you know? When I was actually going there from sleep. It's not something you say up around here, really. It's not something you yeah. say. Especially uh, a group of lads, like. Do you yeah, because yeah, you're with all the boys. And, uh, do you know, I had brilliant friends growing up. I still do. Um, but it's just not something you say. And I can guarantee all the four group. A lot of the lads felt the exact same way as I did. Yeah. But it's not something, you, as you said, it's not something you'd say in a group. Yeah. It's masked with alcohol and yeah, like for and me, stuff. Yeah, it, like there's a lot of drugs as well brought into it. Like for me, thank God, um, I was around people that were taking drugs and I, it was, you know, drugs is very easy to access, especially, you know, up where we grew up. Yeah. Um, but for me, it would have been drink. I was never an alcoholic. I was never someone to, someone to drink five, six, seven days a week. But I could drink 
Friday, Saturday, Sunday and be depressed for weeks and weeks and weeks. But I was only drinking to bottle things up, thinking it would make me feel better. Uh, but even that alone, drink can be as dangerous as anything else. It, uh, it, and it has a knock, it, it, it could be the first mm. step to other things. Like some people, there's drink, there's coke, and then everything else on top of it. Mm. Um, I think the drink just kills people lo- in a longer period than, than some drugs because. And like, wither away. Yeah. It just, it just takes you bit by bit, whereas drugs then will kill you. You can kill you instantly. It's harder, yeah. Do you know, by yeah. overdose or. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it could really, really could have went the other way. And what was the doctor's advice? So the doctors, like, I, I'm fair from an expert anyway, and I'm going to say this before you go any further, but the doctor was like, oh, yeah, give me two seconds here, I'll write your prescription. And he was like that. He was, I was like, what is it? He says, oh, it's just something to help you sleep. I says, I don't want, I'm not, you know, like that. I, I don't need to take, I, I'd have to be in agony to take a painkiller, you know. Um, and I, I asked him, I said, what was it? He says, oh, it's only some to me, I'll just take that. He says, it will help you sleep. Um, so I went home and I Googled it. It's probably one of the strongest antidepressants that was on the market. Like, mm. And I can't think of the name of it, no, to be honest. I was put on a, a tablet by the name of Sorlin at one stage. Mm. All I was an antidepressant as well. It was for depression. Yeah. Um, but he gave it to me. I took it home. Left it in the cupboard for a week or two. And I was kind of mm-hmm. thinking... Will I, will I want it? Will I want it? And then I was like, Do you know, what? people in my family have had to take them. Friends had to take them. And a lot of the time, in my opinion, they're just giving out too free, too freely and too quick, without thinking up, thinking of an alternative. Like, why couldn't that GP say to me, "Have you tried a bit of reading or a bit of exercise? Are you training? Is there anything else? Do you know, as an outlet that that you could use." as a form of helping yourself rather than just give this young full a tablet. He didn't even know me. I was sitting down talking to him for three minutes. I know, but you know, Four minutes. research shows, you know, in around Ireland, each district is for the HSE purposes now, like each district, each each area has a district and the district we're living in is Cork North Lee, north side of Cork yeah. City, Cork North Lee. Cork North Lee has the highest prescribing rates of tranquilizers than anywhere else in Ireland. I believe it. And it was a harsh tranquilizer. This fellow might just forgive me. <laughs> but you're a house uh, of a man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I like I, I I left him in the cupboard, and I was debating: will I take him or won't I? Will I take him or won't I? At the same time, no. And this was all bad. My head was gone. Um, I moved to a house down in Fernie, and see, even saying this is hard, but there was a few weeks where I, I was suicidal. No drink or no nothing. Like, do you know? I was even thinking about how I was actually going to fucking kill myself. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah. It's normal. Yeah, and them thoughts, them thoughts were creeping in. Um, again, like stuff building up, and there was no drink. No, there was no nothing at this time. Um, but then I was kind of, again with the tablets. I was like, no, what, what aren't they doing? Like, what could I do to kind of start myself home? And I went back training, and I just like. For a few weeks, I, I, I drove down to the gym, left my gear bag in the car and parked. And the gym now was my happy place, like, it's my escape and I didn't want to go in there. So a few times I drove down, parked outside, left the gear bag there, sat down for 10 minutes, I'd say, nah, forget about it, fuck this, I'll leave it off, drive off. I'd done that loads of times, and once I got back into it, the gym then, it was like, I was starting to feel happier. I was sleeping a, l- a little bit better, I started eating better. Um, me being happier then the people around me are happier it's a knock on there's a knock on effect obviously if you're not yourself uh, and like as I said if you can't help yourself you can't help anyone else but uh, yeah it was just a, it was just a pure release uh, and then at this point I suppose no it's good it's brilliant to look good and look in shape but to me that's just a bonus like you know um, it's what's the most important thing for you is what you're what you're after what you get, what it's doing for you mentally. Mentally, yeah. no. At this point, well, if it's mentally, and obviously, I, I like to be in shape as well. Do you know, practice what you preach. I, I am a personal trainer. I'm trying to motivate people and, do you know, lead by example and all that. Yeah. But, again, you don't just go, like, this is what I want to say. The gym is not just for bodybuilding and looking good and having six-pack or, like, for some people it's everything, but for others it's nothing. Like if you take, I, if I, I've cleaned something in the gym 
Um, for like some of them are ripped, some of them are 18 stone. Like you could have a fella that's 18 stone there, and he's the happiest man around. And you could have a fella that's 10 stone, shredded, looks unreal on the weekends or on his on, on his holidays with his top off, and he could feel miserable inside. So uh, I'd recommend any anyone with mental health issues. The thing with training and with the gym is you don't have to be an expert at anything. You don't have to be fast. You don't have to be good at football or hurling or basketball. Anyone can train in the gym. Any, you know, and, and you can learn. Obviously, there's different levels of of uh, progress and of training and all that, but any, anyone can do it. Uh, and, and it's very, I suppose, for me, it's, it's a zone I'm comfortable in, walking into a gym where there's people in there training. Uh, and I understand that people get intimidated going into a big gym, fellas with muscle tops, um, fellas grunting in the corner. Do you know the, these big gyms? Um, of course, it can be intimidating if you never went in. It's like your first day in the job or going into school. Your first day in school, it's, it's that kind of feeling that you get. But that's the environment I, I, I try to, like James, you've been up there. That's the environment yeah. I, I try to have, is to take that out of it, more relaxed, smaller numbers. And they're, they're like all the clients have a band, they all know each other. Everyone is chatting away, it's relaxed. Um, and, and it should be, and like that now, it should be a place where you're not just coming to train, but you're coming to socialize as well. And it's your break away from work. Do you know, it might be a break away from the kids. Some people only get three hours a week to themselves. And if it's up in the gym, then so be it. Exactly. I think and if they're happy leaving there. Yeah. I think gyms like that are becoming more popular because people are seeing... More personally, uh, Yeah, and people are starting to see that they can benefit more from a gym that's more kind of, what's the right word, family-orientated? Yeah, or, yeah. Do you know, where it's nice and simple, everybody's there just to get in shape, look after themselves, and it's about the social aspect as well. I've just having yeah. a bit of a banter and, and a bit of crack. Yeah. You know? And you're yeah. under no pressure to look like Instagram model, steroid yeah. no. fat or things, you know? Uh, it says me, no, whose pictures myself. I've done a photo show recently and I've pictures know. up. But that's just Still. me promoting me and my, my business. And But it's not just about that. Like, if you look through my pages, all different characters, all, all different people there. Exactly. All different goals. So, if you want to come in and get ripped, I'm going to, uh, you know, we'll go for it. If you want to come in, and just do your session and you're happy with that and you don't care give a shit if you lose weight put it on take it off that's alright it's, all, it's for everyone and for me it was about um, I got into bad habits during Covid you know with obviously the gyms were closed and it was unlimited work at home and eating habits and I'd, I'd been training for a long time but I'd never yeah, done yeah you were always in decent shape yeah, up. but I'd never done personal training in my life mm. so like it's not as if I needed somebody to show me what to do. I just needed somebody to push me. I showed it, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And I love it. I've been doing it with you for the last seven weeks. I lost a half a stone. I, and it's about, I didn't want to be ripped you know, or anything like that. Yeah. I just wanted to be healthy. Yeah. And like, you know, just, Lifestyle. Yeah. No it, quick fixing. It is. And like for, like, it's not a chore for me to go training. I fucking love going training. And I do yeah. it with my wife. We do it as a couple. And yeah. we have chats with yourself up there and your staff and your other clients and it's just a nice atmosphere and you're supporting somebody local it's just a positive thing to do but something i was going to say earlier on um do you know if you take a drug or an antidepressant or a tranquilizer or a xanax or anything like that it's it's just a chemical it's what it does is it activates chemicals in your brain the serotonin the dopamine all these chemicals yeah. that make you feel happy Exercise does the exact same thing. Yeah, and like it's you natural. Ne you never go in, like you go into a gym in the foul humor. And I, I often went into your gym now. You like, didn't want to be there last week. Yeah, yeah I didn't want to. I'd rather be anywhere now than go to the gym. But because I was training with my wife, she dragged me up and then there like a demon. I come out there by whistling. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. What is what yeah. a, a volume would do? It was a good session. Yeah. Uh, and then like you just said. This is a benefit now of training with someone, training with your partner, training with a friend. A day you didn't want to go, she was like, probably James, get up off her ass, we're going. Another day, my, she probably didn't want to go. Exactly. A few weeks ago, she wasn't in the mood, you dragged her up. So, like, people kind of bounce off each other that way as well. It's, it's good. good. To, it's good to burn off a bit of energy as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you said a while ago, you were sleeping better after the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great way to burn off an extra bit of energy. And when I was... I remember when I was in prison, I was speaking to the psychologist um, that was inside that I was working with inside there. 
she used to always emphasize the importance of going to the gym just yeah. to burn off that little bit because it, it burn, it's like it's, it de-stresses you a little bit you know what I mean yeah and, and it just it just kind of clears the head of it do you know something stupid that might have been annoying you like I, I just think a lot of stuff makes it disappear do you know stupid mm. things that would annoy you come out feeling better with a clear head you get a bit of perspective don't you yeah, you, yeah. Know what you just get a breather and you're like yeah. why was I even bothered yeah it's well, not that important stu- like. yeah, it's not important like um, and the eating healthy part of it as well the eating healthy is is it like you wear what you eat and I believe that like if you eat shit rubbish constantly and you constantly do it and you're wondering why you're sluggish during the day and your energy levels are they're up and they're down and your sleep is all over the place you're getting acid reflux you're constipated do you know what you can't fit into your clothes there's only one reason that's happening to me it's poor food choices um, and the other thing is people go too extreme with their diet and then so they're very extreme with their you know eating the same food all the time and then what happens is you're you're going to be spot on for six weeks and then you're just going to go in and binge eat all the same crap and you put on all the weight you lost and you'll gain more mm. so it's about getting a balance somewhere in between where you can enjoy your food you know and, and learn l- learn how to make these choices yourself I, I i try to guide people a lot of my clients now for six weeks or eight weeks i'd have to coach them with their food but now they're able to do it i try to make it a lifestyle make it based on lifestyle decisions lifestyle, yeah. and, and even if you're say in your 30s and you have kids at home if you're eating shit there's a, and rubbish and unhealthy foods, there's a very good chance that you're feeding them, feeding it to your kids as well. Yeah. So that's their health you're messing around with. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're making these choices, proper choices, uh, and, and make it more normal, you're going to feed the whole house with the same thing. Hope, do you know that's what you'd be hoping? No, that's true. So, 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 mm-hmm. It's something you need to carry on. Like I, I've had people who brought kids up to me, 12 and 13 years of age, I don't know how strong him. He's very heavy. Do you know he, he he's a big young fella, like Mister Sugar, like yeah, yeah. We uh, look at the adult, and they're probably the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are. And I'd say, all right, is he working? No, she's only twelve. Who's doing the shopping? Yeah. Like so, these people are bringing the food into the houses as parents. It's just a lack of awareness. It's isn't a lack it? of awareness, and they need to be educated. Uh, yeah. We everyone needs to be educated, but. Like you've said, a lot of these, a lot of the children that are like that and obese or overweight, there's a, ch- a good chance their parents are the same. Yeah. So it's up, it's up to the likes of me now and another fella, local fella, Mark Tynan. Yeah. He, yeah. He's done well and he's for him. So it's up to the likes of us to, to kind of speak up and, yeah. and just try to educate people. Mm. Keep it simple, don't complicate things. Like pe- people don't want to be going into the science of food at all. Yeah. Just keep things very simple. So I sp- I sp- you made a great point there, right? Um, for instance, if you can really educate the parent that yeah. is struggling with obesity, right, and the child, if that parent that's changing their diet and eating some healthy foods and whatever, a little treat here and there, it, it, you know. Yeah. But if they start, I guarantee this, the child as well will start losing I'm saying this not because I've only started that myself yeah, it's a fact eating healthy my own yeah on myself and I'm noticing my kids are eating more healthy food I stop you know it was I'm you know what that word diet I fucking yeah it's, I just don't like that word it, because it, like there's, diet. A, there's an end to the diet exactly yeah, yeah. Exactly. but you know that's why I try to make more of a life, lifestyle choice do you know it's something you want to do for the rest of your life not for six weeks like, I'd be delighted if someone came up to me and they were only with me for eight weeks, but they had the same habits uh, and way of doing things. Mm-hmm. If they didn't come back to me at all, but if they looked the same way and I'd say, how are you getting on? And they just kept those habits going. Do you know, that means I'm after doing something right. But, like, we're on about food. It's the same with food. It's the same with you sitting down studying and your kids looking at you. They're going to study. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting down at home and, I, and I'm doing up diet plans. My daughters are writing down day, writing up their own diet plans sitting next to me. Mm. It's the same with food. You don't make the right choices with food. They're going to do that. If you have a good work ethic and they see that, hopefully they pick up on that. So it's like a knock-on effect. It's not just with food, it's with everything else. No. So That's uh, you know, true. Uh, it carries over. Uh, and there's consistency in doing everything then as well. And when, when it's not a diet for six weeks or 12 weeks, when it's a lifestyle choice... 
You can still have your cake. You can still have your bar of chocolate, yeah. your takeaway. Go, go it's just on your weekend and go for a meal with the yeah. missus or go for a family meal. But you know, in it's something general, that I encourage some yeah, of my clients to exactly. I give them a plan as a guideline. Look, if you want to mess around with this, is just a guideline, and we'll work off this. And some of them are like, they'd stick to it for eight. And they're like, no, I'm not going out. I'm not going off. I said, look, relax a small bit. Like, you're, you're not going up on the stage in front of anyone. You know, you're not competing. You're not going to be on a magazine unless they want that then I'd be the first one to kill, you know, give out to them if, if they wanted to be strict, I'm strict. But um, I'd say, go out now. Look, the last four weeks you have to give them 100%. Go out and have a meal. Go out and enjoy yourself and get back on the thing because mentally it's just a break from, what, you know, just from what you're doing. Yeah. Do you know, if somebody comes into you, Shane, the spat limit, obesity, depression, poor mental health, all these things, and they're in with you and you're training them and they're doing well, they're thriving, they're losing weight, they're feeling better, more confident. I say it gives you great job satisfaction, does it? It's the best feeling in the world. To me, it is. Um, I've had clients that come in to me and a few in particular, I don't want to be naming them now. Yeah. But, um, that that came in to me suffering with depression, didn't know what they wanted to do at work, felt like quitting, wouldn't go out on weekends, didn't feel comfortable in their clothes. And it's just a few months of training, it's mental, just show up in the gym. And the confidence you get from that, from looking better and feeling better, um, it, it, it kind of rolls on to other parts of your life. Like you feel better in work. Um, do you know, people feel better in college. It, it's just hmm. the benefits are unbelievable um, yeah but I do I get messages of thanks I, I, I've got people that message me to like that they were suffering with depression and training and what I was doing with them they even, they even said that you know they reckon that I, I could have saved saved their lives do you know what to me you know like it's a, for, for me saying this you can say that out I, loud yeah and I, and I don't I don't want to say it being cheesy no like, but you can say it out loud and I don't want to say the arrogance of being cocky but uh-huh. you know when, when you re- open that message yeah. it's, it's the nicest feeling ever of course that you're that you're that person that was that we were like John, John Kennedy while yeah. we were around about him we've had a positive effect he on was somebody. that my, he was that person for me and I'm able to be that person for a couple of people, and I hope I continue to be that kind of person going forward. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but the feeling, that feeling of being able to help someone, I feel by helping other people, I'm helping myself. There is a know? saying in recovery: we only keep what we have by giving it away. Yeah. And you keep your your mental health, your positive mental health yeah. by helping others because uh, it makes you feel yeah. good. You're doing a good deed. But like so many of my clients, they thank me for helping them. But they've helped me as well a lot more than they, you know, than they can imagine. Uh, you know, like you go up, you're not just a... See, personal trainer, people say, think you just go up and you're a trainer and you train them, that's it, get them in, get them up. But the word personal should mean something. Mm. You should know your client. If your client comes in the door and they're in bad form, you should know they're in bad form. Do you know, sometimes I've had clients that come in and they mightn't even want to... They mightn't even want to, or be in the mood to train. I'd say, sit down on the bench there and just have a chat. You're, a, men- for, you're a mentor as yeah, well. Yeah, chat for 40 minutes, 45 minutes. There's no problem, relax. You don't have to train. Or else you can give them the option. You want to talk for five minutes, you can head off, come back and you're feeling better. So, like, you're kind of, at times you can be a counsellor. You know, and, like, I, I'd sit, if someone wants to sit down and talk, I'll talk. Like, it's not an area that I'm... As I said, I'm not an expert that if I can help someone in any way, I'll try to do it. And all you but like that, likewise, yeah. I, I have clients there now, uh, and they have helped me a lot as well. And Paul Morris would be one of them. I hope you don't mind me mentioning his name. Um, Paul, you might see my pages down. Like, there's not many stories run over. Just felt that we're, we're going to share a video actually next few months about his, his own journey. But Paul is down over 40 kg. That's unbelievable. Do you know? Um, he went from struggling to walk, getting up the stairs in the gym. And now he's probably the fittest man in the class is there, like something else. That's and there's a lot of other amazing things now happening with him. He's going, he's going back to college and, do you know, things that he was kind of holding back on a bit. Do you know, so if, it, Paul, if you're watching, uh, I'm sure well he done, is. I'm, I, I'm proud of yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And we are. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you, would have, you probably would have seen Paul yeah. above in the gym. Um, he's just one of many, you know, and they'll probably get killed by the other clean saying, Why aren't you on about me? <laughs> yeah, he just he just want just one story. Um if you look up my page and 
Yeah, what's your Instagram? Post. What's your Instagram called? It's uh, Shane Sort of Fitness on Instagram. And where's your gym based? Uh, and on Facebook. So I'm based up, upstairs in Terence McSweeney's Sports Hall. In Achnehini. In Halil, yeah. It's okay. just behind Terence McSweeney. Yeah. And if people yeah. want to get in contact with you, they can through yeah. the social medias and yeah. Facebooks and stuff. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's for any level, anyway. I know. Look, you spoke very well. You represented yourself very yeah. well. Um, we're proud you have. You know who you be. You're a very positive role model in the in the neighbourhood, in the north side. And um, thanks for coming on the podcast. We yeah, thanks for it. having me, boys. I appreciate no, it. Thank you, thank you. We we need more people that um that can can help people in a way you are. Like you said, yeah. Mark. Yeah, we'll go on. We know Mark as well. Mark yeah. is a, another nice guy, and he does yeah. a lot of the same stuff you yeah. do. Yeah. And um, and it's player. important that we stick together as uh, well. Uh, yeah. Um. And you know, try, as you said, help as many people as we can. And mm-hmm. even if people want to... There's so many different ways, James, of helping yeah. people in there. Oh, there is. And if people learn from around here, I can put them in contact with you and you'll know somebody in their area. Yeah. And, yeah. There's, and no, there's, like, there's always a way of helping someone. If you don't know someone, someone else that you know. You know someone exactly. Like it's exactly. So thanks again, Shane. Thanks for having me, Lance. Not a bother. I appreciate and, it. And um, do you want to close, Tim? Um, yeah. Jesus, I just want to say thanks again to Shane and... James, my co-host, and we'll see you next time. See you later, lads. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.